everyone, and welcome to The Point. I'm a little beside myself and wrapping my head around how it's already October and that we're bringing this into the year end. I've been talking about that for a few weeks, but as I've evaluated my year and looked at things, it's been um, both encouraging and hopeful as far as what's to come and how we can really look at 2024 positively and how I can make the most of all of the precious moments that are coming in the few months as we end the year and have the holiday season and enjoy our families and maybe old friends and new friends and who knows what else can happen. So um, really looking forward to a joyous season and part of planning and part of being intentional is to enjoy the moments. And it's pretty amazing to do when we're clear-minded and clear-headed about where we want to go and our values are set. So if you're here and you have a plan, had a plan for the year, and you know what goals you've looked at your, look at what your goals were for the past year and what you've passed quickly and what you've overexceeded and what you've really shined and excelled in. You know what goals you've missed or not hit. You, you might've had a goal or two that you just threw to the wayside, decided that that wasn't going to work or that something you weren't interested in. We can go ahead and, you know, click those off if they're really something that we're not going to pursue. And, but your big, your big personal standard type goals about your mental wellness, your physical wellness, your spiritual wellness, your professional wellness, your financial wellness, you know, all these things, these solid anchor, personal anchor goals that you have set in your life. They're pretty, they're pretty stable, right? They you pretty much know what you want. The bigger the picture of a life that we're trying to achieve or that we are achieving it, the bigger the picture that we have the more simple we can drill it all the way back down to our daily behaviors and perform on those daily behaviors and know what kind of life we're going to have it's basically creating the program of thinking and behaving based on what we're valuing and what what we're dreaming and what's been put in us by our, our higher power, by God, by, you know, the universe, by the spirit, we can really be led in that way. And we are, and we can then set those tones for how we want to behave and how we want to be in the moment. That's a little different from managing our behaviors and then trying to build it, build those behaviors to all the way back and hope we get what we want, right? Um, we do a lot of change like that. We do you know, a lot of people do a lot of change where they're focused on the behaviors and that can be an ongoing cycle of chasing behaviors, which is one of the reasons why I find people are in therapy for ever and never seem to get a way out. Although sometimes I have a, I have a, I have a therapist that I continue to see because I enjoy how I can debrief things and talk about things and really clear my mind mentally and make sure and consider that I really am staying grounded and paying attention to all the things I need to pay attention to, to make, to, to really ensure that I'm emotionally, my emotional well being is there. So that's a, I found somebody that I feel really confident I can work with and that works for me. But there was also times in my life where I felt like, man, I'm just going to therapy to go to therapy. And it's like this cycle of just continuing over and over and over, look at the same stuff. And they get frustrated when it doesn't work. 
that's because I hadn't figured, I hadn't really understood the laws of the universe and the way that things work. And then if we really focus on the identity of who I want to be based on what I'd like to have in life, not just what I have, but what I believe, what dreams and ideals I believe God's placed in my heart, that's, that's a different story, right? That gives me a different mission and vision and understanding of where I want to go. So with this year end push of really just paying attention to what we've already accomplished and what, how we'd like to finish the year, especially in relationship to starting next year as powerfully as possible, already ahead of the game on what our goals are, because really the construct of the time frame of the year is just something that helps keep us going. And our, the, the most reactive side of us culturally is going to pay attention to New Year's resolutions. And I, for me, New Year's resolutions have never been a positive thing that works. And something that started working for me was at, when something became highly unacceptable, especially with my physical self, with, with my physical wellness, I would address it in this time of year. And the reason I would address it in this time of year was because it never worked to address it in the beginning of the year. And for whatever reason, we could go down that road too. That could be its own episode. And we could probably have, there's thousands of guests that could bring on that would talk about that whole way of being with training and food and nutrition and exercise. And it's, but the, the point is, is that I never followed through on a new year's resolution that really worked when I decided to start getting where I wanted to go before the new year that worked because what was happening at this time of year right now in October is that we're facing times where all it can do is get worse, right? Anything I do from here forward, if I don't really be intentional now, this is the time to go ahead and drive home into the, into that, what I don't want and eat more and drink more and we can have whatever we want to do there. Now, I don't personally drink alcohol, but the friends of mine that do, this is a time that we all drink more. We come together with families, we have wine, we have whatever, cocktails, we go out to dinner parties, our, our businesses and our work environments all have different type of mixers and parties. Now, as, as we, we've been virtual for a few years, so that hasn't been a, as big of an issue, but now that we're all coming back together, even from hybrid environments, I'm hearing more and more consistency that, wow, I forgot what it was like to go out and eat so much and then drink and then, wow, <laughs> it's affected me the next day. Some people have come back and said, man, this is really different. And they forgot what it was like. And it's different from what it was like for whatever reason. So what am I getting at? What's the point? The point here is that in my own journey this year of considering what's happened through the year and starting to chart the course for my end of year and what I want 2024 to look like, I've come to this realization that one of the thing, things that has always driven the choice to change something was my tolerance for what's acceptable and unacceptable. And to me, that means the level of comfort. So as a young man, I came out of the Marine Corps and I was moving furniture and I stepped quickly into a position of management at this moving company in Tiburon, California, where, you know, and I just wanted to lead and manage and make money. And that's what I did. And as I'm 
as I'm doing this, my comfort level was to, to financially, to being broke, was pretty low. I, I was comfortable with very little. I, I was the young man that could have said, I don't need much. I'm good. I got a truck that gets me around. I've got a place to live and I get to work and have friends and whatever. And that worked for me, right? That was good. I didn't need much. It was my mentality. So, but as I started thinking about, man, what do I want? And wait, I want to, I want to build this company with this, you know, I want to build the company I'm managing. And then I wanted to start my own company and I wanted to have a couple of companies. And so as that started to happen, well, then I needed more to make those things happen and that changed. But personally, let's just reel it back down to this idea of comfort level. My comfort level was, was not much. And I had a, a, a gentleman that I knew saw that that was an issue and to help me change, gave me a hundred dollar bill and said, put this in your wallet. And I, I had to agree to it up front and there was a little bit more conversation, but it was basically put this hundred dollars in your pocket and never spend it unless it's an absolute emergency. And if you need to spend it as an emergency, put it back in your wallet, get another hundred dollar bill as fast as you can and, and refill it in your wallet and see how that works. And I had to commit to doing this forever. I think he made a two or three year commitment, but it's something I still do. And that doesn't matter. The point is, is that what I learned in this exercise was what I valued. And that eventually I realized that my comfort level for what I thought broke was changed very quickly. So when I didn't have the hundred dollars in my pocket, now a, a few other things changed. I was able to look at things and, and instead of saying, if I didn't have smaller cash in my pocket at the time, we were very, still a very cash society, but I didn't have less cash in my pocket. I could look at things and say, instead of saying, boy, I don't have the money for that. I, and so I can't have that. I'd say, yeah, I'm not going to choose to break this hundred for that. I'm not going to choose to spend that on that. And so now I'm making decisions of choice. So one major thing that happened was I was able to start making decisions and my self-talk was, I'm not going to choose to buy that versus I am going to choose to buy that. The other thing that happened was it helped me keep more cash than a hundred dollars in my pocket because when I did want something or when I wanted to reward myself and there was a, fa I had a favorite sushi place that I love to go to. Um, there was a sandwich shop that I love to stop at that was in downtown Tiburon where I love to just sit there and look at the water with the brick streets and all that, that whole energy of feeling felt really good to me. I felt successful. I felt happy. So I'd reward myself there. But if I didn't have the extra cash or a debit card with a, you know, whatever, that, that if I didn't have the ability to pay for something, then I couldn't do those things. So I started thinking about that. And I started really thinking about how I'm managing all this, all these things. But a hard lesson I went through, and not everyone has to learn this lesson. I used to believe that if I had 500, if I had $500 in my pocket and I needed it, let's say it's Tuesday and I needed it Friday to pay rent at the time it was rent. Well, someone I knew really well needed $500, but they needed it Tuesday and it's Tuesday. I'd let them have it. I'd tell them I need it back before Friday. So give it back to me Thursday. Ah, oh, no problem. I just need it for a day or two. I just got to grab this. I'll get the money out and get it back to you. If that didn't happen, which it didn't. I had to learn the lesson the hard way, not to give away something that I needed that readily and that quickly. So 
my understanding of needs and time and everything else was starting to change very drastically. So that's something I needed as a 20 year old coming out of the Marine Corps and living on my own and outside of that structure and wanting to be successful and live. But here's the point to that message. By having the ability to start thinking about choice, changed my thought process and my desire to want to plan and want to create new systems and processes to handle what would happen with growth and having money and having the ability to do things. And I wanted to, you know, the, the other side to that is that I started to understand what was acceptable and unacceptable to me. After a couple of months, I needed to use that $100 bill for an emergency. And I found out that I was really uncomfortable not having it. Right? It was really uncomfortable to not have that. So I quickly found a 20, you know, I did whatever I did to get another 20, put all that together, go somewhere, get a $100 bill and be done, put that back in my pocket. And then I was, I was happy again. I felt, it wasn't about being happy. It was that comfort of having it was back. So if we want to change something, one of the things that we can do is we can change our comfort level with where we are. So eventually that comfort level grew to $1,000. If I don't have $1,000 in savings, then it turned into, if I don't have a month's worth of living expenses in the bank in cash, I was uncomfortable. Then two months, then three months, and so on. Now, there's lots of financial advisors out there that are talking about that, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole any more than we're going to go down others. It's that we're going to stay to the point of how we set our own comfort levels is a choice that we can work on changing and shifting. And as we do this, we will naturally be inclined to change what's happening in our systems, in our bodies, and in our minds, and in our thoughts, and our desires, and our actions. It becomes much easier to make a lot of those shifts and changes. So for me, I started to really shift that. And one of the things that happened for me with my weight and my physical strength and starting to look at the difference between muscle mass and fat and all those things, it started on this journey of looking at what's acceptable. And New Year's resolutions didn't work for me. I think New Year's resolutions don't work for most. And I would challenge anyone, I'm sure people are going to be able to tell me stories of New Year's resolutions that did, but I would challenge anyone to say, are setting New Year's resolutions really an active and amazing way for them to make change in their life? And if it is, stick to it, keep it, and utilize it. But for those of you where that doesn't work, let's talk about what you can do now. So now in the holidays, we have a couple of things, Adams. We tend to spend more money in the holidays. That can affect our security level. We tend to eat more food. That can affect our weight. And it will affect our muscle mass and fat mass if we don't stay active. So our activity level can change. Many people tend to drink more through the holidays. We tend to rest more and relax more as well during the holidays. We kind of, kind of tend to let it all go. And there's the highest risk time to move towards more of what we don't want. So if you haven't prepared and managed all your goals and hit your goals to where you can walk into this and really let it go and relax and not move too far away from what you don't want and stay in your range, 
of what you've set as your acceptable range. Now, this is where it loops back to that idea of the $100 bill in the pocket. What is your acceptable range of financial give and take? Here's, you want to bring it down to here and you want to bring it back. You want to stay in this high range rather than letting something fall to the ground and have to recover it. That's how we prefer to live. It's a lot less stressful. And it's then it's not about what balls we're juggling and keeping all the balls in the air. At that point, it's really more about managing our lives intentionally the way we want to in this range of this is optimal, the absolute best. And here's, and we're going to relax it to a point and then bring it back and relax it and bring it back, which is no different of a cycle change other than the numbers. I used to be able to, okay, relaxing to 100, 100, 120, 130 pounds overweight. Now that was the most extreme I ever went, but it was not, not a big deal to relax to 70, 80 pounds overweight and then, oh, let it get bad enough. And holidays used to be a time to let it get bad enough that finally I'd, okay, fine, I'm going to get it. I got to change now. Well, as I started looking at change in those areas, financial and physical and mental health areas, as they shifted from a two to three month out goal or a one to two year or five year out goal, when I got out of that short term mentality, started thinking about longer terms, who do I want to be for my life? What kind of activity levels do I want to be able to have? What type of travel do I want to be able to experience? What type of home do I want to have? What type of living environment? I started to think about all these things and then think about those in a much longer time frame, and children and grandchildren and all these things. I started having different levels of understanding of what needs are. And I started having different levels of understanding of when I could start doing things to make a difference. And my favorite time of year now to start making changes is right now. Whether it's physical, financial, mental, emotional, this is one of the best times because we're walking into a time where if we plan it intentionally, we can really plan intentionally to have joy and have passion and have family and have togetherness and have all the things that we might want and truly value might have travel. So what do you want? Because what matters is what you want in the coaching world. A lot of people will say, well, you have to know what you do for people. And a, a, a truly professional, a true professional certified coach is going to say, it doesn't matter what I want. It matters what the client wants. What matters is the client and what matters is how the client wants to get there, right? The client is their best advocate. They're their best resource and they are their best, um, they're, they're, they're the expert in themselves. In therapy and in a lot of psychiatry, that's not necessarily true. Patients in those arenas are coming with a problem and the experts are going to help them with the answer. The doctor has the answer. The therapist has the answer. Now in coaching, we can have processes to walk through and we can certainly have, you know, there's, there's science to change. And there's a lot of these things that are wise for everyone to start looking at, but the client gets to choose because they are considered their own expert. That alone is shifting to working with the most successful people in the world and aligning ourselves energetically with the idea of what success looks like for each of us individually because we get to be our own best expert. And to me, that is one of the ways that 
I define success as if I get to be my own best expert. Now, as my own best expert, I also, that means I also know when I should re be requesting help and support and advice from someone else. Environment of people I surround myself. If I want to know something, there's some that I'm not clear on as my own best expert, I can clearly understand that there's someone better I could lean on for their advisement of how to handle something. I'm not a real estate expert. I know people in my life that are really good, well-versed and understanding and would say they're experts in the field of real estate. I can go talk to them, right? So I hope I'm making that clear in and, and helping you understand just the energy of what we're talking about when we're walking into this idea of change and that in, as your own best expert, you still have full freedom of choice. And it doesn't mean you're a know-it-all. It doesn't mean that it just means, you know, what you know, and you know what you don't know. And you're consistently, I'm consistently challenging myself on those two things. I'm also challenging myself to stay rooted in what I do know and what is clear to me that I can be firm in and confident. So moving into Halloween, we're going to go back to this idea of change. And I'm just going to right now to close this out, talk about candy and food. This is your time to have the $100 experiment. If you like sugar and candy and all kinds of stuff that comes around Halloween, this is your time to start questioning yourself and experimenting with different ideas over your desires and your wants and what you really want versus what you want in the minute versus what you want in the long term and start thinking about your identity. Because, and this is also a time to do it with money because this is a time that we tend to spend a lot more money. And it's, and because a lot of these new foods, like if we drink or if we eat a lot of sugar, those can affect our moods greatly. There's a lot of science behind that. You know, so we can also take this time to start really looking at how do we want to be emotionally and mentally, right? So now's the time to experiment because there's so much temptation. So wherever you are in your goals, if you want to talk about where you're at in your goals and dig into deeper conversations, let me know. We can do a, a live group or we can do something on Zoom. We can put together, you know, a group of people that really want to dig into this a little bit deeper. We absolutely can just do that as a community. It's, but this is what we're starting to talk about with clients right now. This is how we're helping people be optimal through the holidays is what is acceptable to you? How far towards what you don't want do you want to go? Is now the time to stop? And what has become, what would you like to be unacceptable? Is a 10 pound weight gain acceptable for you this holiday season? Or is a 20 pound? What if you're, what if it were not acceptable to you to gain any weight? How would that change your behaviors? Depending on what it is, what then would be your potential temptations? And just start leaning into those things. And what if we went into the, to Halloween, knowing we were going to have temptations with candy and just decided that we were going to eat the candy one day and just think, be more intentional about it and not eat the candy the next day. Maybe we reverse, right? Maybe we actually deprive ourselves from what we want and think about what we want, what that means and how that works. 
when we're training our unconscious and conscious minds to work better together and to really get into alignment, which is where we see amazing, powerful growth and ease of flow of growth and change. We talk about giving ourselves these rewards and maybe you're there in your, in your training and in your, in your way of being where you're starting to just more experiment with these things that you want as rewards. And you already have a lot of just natural automated behaviors of wellness that are working for you. Okay. But this is the time to experiment because temptation, the number of times you, most of us will be tempted increase greatly through the holidays. And it starts right here in October as we start seeing all the candy come around and we start being tempted to spend money on all kinds of things. So let's, the point of this is to let's look at and let's start evaluating what is unacceptable to us that we want to leave behind this year. What if we left it behind now so that we didn't move any more further, any further towards what we don't want. And we just started today moving towards what we do want. What would that mean through the holidays? What would we miss? What would we not miss? What is it? What is unacceptable for us to not have? Is that turkey dinner or is that pecan pie? What is it that you're like, I refuse to miss that. I refuse to not. Okay. Then this is the time to start logging those things. There are no wrong answers. This is all about the individual being their own best expert and really thinking about what you want and what you don't want and how that works in different timelines and using this time to begin experimenting with new parameters and new choices that you might make that will change your life forever rather than changing it for a few months. So no one has to give up anything they don't want. There's always a way to work around it and make it work. And then you get to decide which is better or which isn't, you know, which is better for you. And everyone can have a different answer and be okay with it. Ultimately, when we get here, we also get to go towards the idea of not being judgmental because then it becomes really okay that one person chooses the pecan pie and the other doesn't. You're going to see family members that are counting macros and looking at fats, proteins, and carbs. You're going to look at other family members that are looking at just measuring uh, calories. You're going to look at other family members that could care less and are just going to eat whatever the heck they want, and that's happy. Or they're just not going to have dessert. Or it doesn't matter. Everyone gets to make their own choice. When we are making our own choices intentionally and really going through the paces, we gain understanding in the difficulties, in the challenges, or in the emotions, or in whatever that comes with it. And we gain in more understanding of people that are choosing not to do that work. It's a beautiful thing that goes full circle. So we can literally find ourselves in the way of understanding that there's no need to judge. All of us can make a different choice. So there can still be pecan pie at dinner. It's just some people won't have it. And people will know or not know. It, it would be my choice to let them know whether or not I'm struggling with the idea of not having it if I'm not choosing it. I love pecan pie. It's also over time become so sweet that I don't tend to eat it very much because it is so sweet. 
Well, that's another change to talk about for another day. But uh, appreciate everybody here. I look forward to lots of discussions as we start going through the holiday. There's been a little bit of interest of maybe starting up a weekly or biweekly group to just be available for some group coaching and some discussion around all this stuff, all these ideas about it, about who we would choose to live as and what what goals have we set for this year versus next year and just all the stuff that comes up around that in a way of moving forward. I'm, I, I'm really open to that. I'm looking for eight or 10 people to show up. There's a, two or three of us that are maybe interested in doing that. If we have eight or 10, we'd probably just go ahead and kick it off. If we had more, we'd figure it out. So um, hey, keep the feedback coming. This, the part of this, part of this today came from somebody's really specific uh, feedback. Um, I encourage you really to think about this though, as you're walking into the, into, into these next few months, what is, what are the ch opportunities and chances for you to make things worse on yourself for the change you'd like to make in 2024? What are the opportunities and what could you do differently to get what you want sooner and faster? Put on the table the things you refuse to miss. Get them up there. Get honest. Get real. I'm not going to miss these things. Okay. How do we help you keep those? And still get what you want in life. Still get what you want in your physical wellness. Still get what you want in your mental, mental wellness or your financial, whatever. Let's look at these things and really consider how good could it get. You guys have a wonderful day, week, weekend, wherever you are. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me, anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.